Welcome to the Lil Unscripted podcast where I ramble on about whatever's on my mind, whether if it's current events, life advice, hot takes, all things magical and spiritual, or really anything that interests me and will probably interest you as well. Thanks for listening and be sure to stick around for weekly episodes and be sure to follow my social medias for regular updates. Hello, who is she? (laughs) Welcome back. How are we doing? I know it's been so long. I'm so sorry. I know it's been half a year since I last spoke to you guys. But listen, listen, listen. Third year farm has like it, it done hit me like a truck. Okay. I don't know what else to tell you. It was rough. I was struggling to balance everything. And it was a lot easier just to write newsletters compared to actually having to like think of an idea to talk about and then sit down with my microphone and then talk to you guys. So I am very sorry. Um, but hey, I'm on my uni break and hopefully I can try and keep this up. Anyways, how's everyone been? I know um, a lot can happen within six months and I feel like same goes with me but I've just been like when I was talking about being that girl yeah that girl is non-existent at the moment but that's okay because it's the holidays I'm allowed to not be that girl I can wake up late and not do my skincare every day that's okay I need to give myself some grace it was a it was a long half year I must say and um yeah, I'm just glad to be halfway done with the year. Yeah, um, I think that's all for updates. Um, honestly, nothing's happened except for uni. Like, uni happened. <laughs> that was it. That was all. There's nothing else I can update you on. Um, But anyways, let's dive into it. You saw the title, What the Heck is Going On? But I think that a lot of people might relate to this especially if they're if if they come from an Asian background like I do I'm Vietnamese aggressively Vietnamese (laughs) um but yeah I'll just I guess start by explaining what I meant by I was ashamed of my ethnicity so I think it was maybe it started when I was in primary school I was I hated my features my my skin tone like I was more yellow I was (laughs) jaundice oh oh my god like gastro is not escaping me right now um I didn't like that my eyes were like small or like my eyelids were not the same it wasn't like a nice big deep eyelid and it was so hard to do eyeliner on um I didn't like that my lips were like kind of thick and if I didn't moisturize them or if I didn't put any like lipstick on I just looked they looked pale and just I I don't know I just I hated it okay and I hated that my nose was flat and I hated that my nostrils were like aggressively round like it's like a shotgun barrel (laughs) like I hated it oh my gosh and then I think like a lot of other Asian kids that went like to primary and then their parents would 
pack their lunches for them. Like I did, like I just hated the fact that I didn't have a quote unquote normal lunch for school because like it, it smelled funny. Like it, it was an ethnic lunch. Okay, like why couldn't I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch? I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> I I just hated it. And then kids were just being so mean because obviously kids are mean. Okay, and I I hope that it's a lot better now. But back then, oh my goodness, in primary school, the amount of times I've had like this group of like white (laughs) guys, um, you know, do you guys remember like the Chinese, Japanese, can I have some rice please? And then they like, they pull their eyes um, in like different directions just to like imitate. Yeah, that was rough. (laughs) Oh gosh. And when I grew up a little bit more and now this is probably like maybe early high school like I hated that the people from my ethnicity were loud and embarrassing because I grew up in the Cabramatta area obviously and you know you see people like peeing on the sidewalk or spitting and then like the stereotypes of them being bad drivers like (laughs) and then I felt almost like this sense of superiority because I was more white inside at least not outside but inside like oh I dressed different oh I spoke different you know and oh, I actually have values what also if I sniffle a lot I'm so sorry it's just um I mean it's winter I am an asthmatic queen <laughs> and um I tend to sniffle and get sick and my voice, my voice, geez, my voice gets um a little bit weird sometimes because yeah, we love asthma. Um, also my last name, what the heck was with my last name? Fam, fam, like, <laughs> like, oh, like back to the primary school kids, they were just like, oh, what up, <laughs> fam, uh, like your name has ham in it. It obviously got to me because I was a child and I didn't know better. But it was just like, why couldn't I have a name like Smith? (laughs) Why couldn't I have a name like, I don't know, any other like bloody, like white last name. But that comes to show just um, how (laughs) um, immersed in Asian culture I've become because I cannot think of another last name. But Smith, yeah. Why couldn't my last name be Smith? Hmm? Why did it have to be Fam? And then people would just say, uh, Fam. Yeah, that's all. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I hated that because I was Asian, there was this expectation that I had to do well academically. And of course that came from mum, but also like subconsciously, I know like my peers and the teachers, they were like, oh, she's Asian. She should know her shit. She should be studying hard. She should be a little bookworm and hermit crab her way through high school and study her way to good grades. And I would say that, yeah, I did try hard at school because I, I wanted to, but also just having that extra like pressure on top of it because I looked the way that I did was yeah it was just an extra 
added layer of stress that I didn't need. So academically, oh yeah. And like, speaking of parents, <laughs> white kids were able to have sleepovers and stay out late. And then I have a strict Asian mum breathing down my neck and texting me if I am not home by a certain time. And this still holds true to this very day. And I am in my early 20s. But it's okay. I'm, I'm chill with it now. I get it. I get it. I don't care. It doesn't bother me as much as before. But, but that back in the day, I just wanted to have a sleepover and, you know, be in the driveway with like all my bags and stuff and my towel around my neck and just slippers on, holding snacks that kind of look like the morning after a sleepover and your parents are coming over to pick you up. I wanted to experience that, but I never did and I never could until last year when I had my very first sleepover <laughs> at a friend's house. Um, that was very fun. But yeah, just the fact that I couldn't take part in like Western quote unquote activities was like it did upset me and I felt quite left out. Quite the, um, and then another one was, I already didn't meet the Western beauty standards back then, but then now I didn't meet the Vietnamese beauty standards as well, because obviously, um, I'm tan. It's, it's quite sought after in Australia, but I guess in the culture then, like it's people don't like it if you're tan like it's seen like oh you were in the rice fields <laughs> like all day or, like you're a labor worker like you didn't get to live in luxury that's why your skin is tan so there's a subconscious kind of like thing where you know if you have pale white skin you're pretty and if you don't then you're not and i hated that because i'm like you guys are supposed to, you know, be on my side. If I wasn't going to meet the Western beauty standards, then I should be meeting yours, right? But no, psych, no, that didn't happen. I met neither. <laughs> I'll go on more about beauty standards later, but that was just my view back then. Obviously, things have changed and I have grown. And, you know, I'm quite content with how I look now, but I'll circle back to that later, okay? And now on to, I guess, the, hmm, it's kind of sad. I mean, the past few points have been sad, but this one's it's quite sad, okay? But, like, I hate that I had to be the translator growing up. Like, every single time there was a letter, it's like, I had to be the one to read it. So there's this, like, a five-year-old kid trying to, like, decipher government documents. Yeah, that was my life. And I, I hated it. And even till this day, sometimes there could be like a very simple email and I still have to translate it and I'm okay with it now. But back then I just hated like, dang, like, it is so freaking hard. Oh, I know. I was a dumb kid. Okay. I didn't understand how hard it was and I can't blame myself because that's what kids, kids don't know better. But now that I know it, it makes me quite sad to look back and think like oh this is what I thought you know and I was ashamed of my mom's accent and her difficulty with English so I think you can tell with my accent as well because I don't have a pure Aussie accent because I 
I started speaking English quite late. At home, I was just speaking Viet. That was all I knew growing up. And I think I've told some people this story where in like kindergarten, people would like say my name and then I wouldn't fucking know that it was me because I only knew my Vietnamese name. <laughs> um, yeah, it was rough. Um, but, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm fluent in Viet still. And it was my first language. And yeah, but I, because of that, like there's a reason why I'm fluent. It's because mom didn't speak English at home because she couldn't, you know? And I think that's quite a beautiful thing in its own. And I'll come back to that later. But back in the day, I just hated like, oh, like I had an ex who was white and, you know, I just wanted her to be able to talk to him normally and to have a full conversation with him and learn about him and know more about him and how great and sweet and wonderful uh, psych he wasn't wonderful but anyways back then I thought like sweet wonderful guy he was but you know it was something I was always like ashamed of because I always had to be the translator I always had to be there to support her in that case Oh, that's sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I thought learning that a new language was easier, but given the circumstances that of Asian immigrant parents or just immigrant parents in general, it's incredibly hard. So it's not the same as us being fully immersed in the language at school and then picking it up like that. So yeah, the turning point that made me no longer ashamed of my ethnicity. I think that it was sometime in high school. I forgot when it was. I can't pinpoint when it was, but it was just realizing the sacrifices that were made in order for me to like literally exist here today, right? Like if there was no war or hardship, like I don't think my family would have moved here. Like we'd be happy over in Vietnam like we'd be chilling we'd be vibing over there but because things were awful they had to escape and that's the reason why I'm here today right and my culture is quite unique <laughs> it's yes I am not like a Karen kind of like you know like a typical white person per se and I know that that's quite racist because it's like assuming that all white people are the same and all white culture is the same, which it's not. But for the purpose of this discussion, um, yeah, I had a unique culture. Like we have our own traditional dresses, our own language, our own food and practices. Um, and then I realized that I would always end up missing my mom's cooking when I'm away. Um, and by away, I mean like if I'm at uni or like um, maybe on like a school camp or something. But I'd always end up missing the good Viet food. And I realized like, wait, if I could eat one thing for the rest of my life, it'll be Viet food. And that was like a wake up moment for me. Like, whoa, okay. 
I I kind of dig this beat for you. It, it, it's great. It's bomb ass, but also because I grew up with it. But I genuinely love it to bits. <laughs> and you know, understanding two languages is a blessing and it's a privilege as well. And obviously now that I work in Cabramata, I have patients who have the same thing where they can only speak Vietnamese, for example, or maybe they're Chinese, but they grew up in Vietnam, so they can speak Vietnamese and, you know, all those other languages, but they at least can understand me in Vietnamese, right? So I actually speak more Viet at work than English. Sometimes I'd go a full day speaking to patients in Vietnamese and then like, you know, go back to speaking like English with friends. I'm like, whoa, okay, this is a bit, it's giving me language whiplash. <laughs> but it's great because seeing the older people say like, whoa, like you're so young and you were born here and you can speak it so well. Um, you know, like your parents raised you well, just made me happy because it's almost like an expectation that people my age forget the language already or they can't speak it or they're not fluent in it. And it makes me proud that I had the upbringing that I did because now I can, you know, converse with them and connect with them in a way that, you know, some other people can't because they weren't you know, able to speak Vietnamese a lot at home, for example. Um, back to the tan skin. My tan skin is hella sought after. I mean, people literally go to tanning beds and salons and to the beach and fry their skin to get my skin tone in summer, okay? And that just made me um, quite like, ah, well, beauty standards are kind of weird, hey, because they're changing everywhere. And now in Western society, obviously, with how diverse um, everyone is, like it's it's almost like, what is a beauty standard? That's so deep. And that sounds so fucking woke. But, you know, what is a beauty standard? Because now I can't even pinpoint like what's pretty. Like you can see someone and be like, OK, they're pretty, but it's not because of their skin tone or like it's just they're just pretty. OK, they're just pretty. <laughs> So it's a lot more flexible that way. But I must say, my tan skin is sought after and I was born with it. So, hey, thanks, jeans. Thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. You know, it's I'm chill with it now. I didn't like it before, but now I'm like, you know what? I have the natural tan skin. I was thinking, I was trying to think of a tan um, brand. Yeah, I was born with Bondi Sands, okay? And... I got it for free. That's all. And after being more spiritual, <laughs> spiritual, um, I realized, and I like, I knew that the body that I was given is unique, right? And that my features are unique, and just like everyone else, like no one looks the same, right? And there's a beauty in being Asian, and just. There's a beauty in just simply existing in the body that you came in, regarding of gender or race. Like, you are meant to look the way you are, you know? And there was just this really beautiful thing. That's, I heard it from Otomi, um, but she was saying, like, your features today is because, you know, two people with similar features or the same features, like your parents and then your ancestors, 
they saw beauty in each other and they loved each other and they were able to, you know, recreate, procreate, recreate, procreate, procreate, procreate. And um, that's why you're here. So your features are the embodiment of all the love and attraction and beauty that was seen between your ancestors for millennia. Like that, like that was mind blowing for me. And yeah, so now when I look at my face, I'm like, you know what? It's okay. I, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I wasn't gonna, I didn't know where I was going with that. But yeah, and um so my microphone decided to unplug itself. Well, I like if I move it a little bit, it unplugs it. It's like really weird. But anyways, it stopped recording. I'm going to re-record this part. <laughs> um my culture's dying. <laughs> Not a lot of people are speaking be other like my age at least. So if they do, it's not fluent. And you know, traditions are slowly being let go of because obviously we're being assimilated into Western society. So the fact that I even know the language and some of the traditions, I I I don't want to gatekeep it. I just wanna continue it and I just want you know, my kids to know it, if I do have kids, that that is. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just want to continue being as vet as I can because obviously in my day-to-day -day life, I'm pretty Aussie, but whatever I have left of my culture, I am going to try my best to hold on to it. And I can't change my race, you know, so it's quite obvious, but I can't change my race. So I have to learn to embrace it and accept it. And finally, owing up, like owning up to my Vietnamese heritage just made me realize like, dang, there's so much to learn about it. And I think that goes for every culture out there, obviously, but just realizing how beautiful it is and how deep it goes and how diverse it is, like, dang, it makes me so proud. And one more thing is like, the internet's a thing now, right? and social media is a thing. And back then, maybe 15 years ago when I was still in primary school, um, all you could see was the people that you see around you. Wow, yes, no shit, Sherlock. Um, but <laughs> it's true. Like back then, like it was, people were more quote unquote like white. But now beauty standards are quite like, diverse because there's social media when you log on you're seeing everyone literally everyone so you can't relate to everyone but it's a good thing because there's beauty in everything and everyone and that's okay <laughs> so things i will um or like changes i will make or changes i have made hmm, i will continue speaking viet when i can so with my patients most of them are Viet, so that's easy. I'll just continue speaking Viet. I'm going to speak Viet at home still. And if I go to family gatherings, still speaking Viet. I'm going to give grace to those who don't speak English as their first language. I was quite ignorant back then and I didn't know just how difficult it is to live the um, immigrant Asian life and try to learn the new culture, the new language, and raise kids 
and survive. <laughs> so I I understand that completely. And you know, back then I was ignorant. I didn't know better because I was a child, obviously. But now I know. I'm going to once again continue traditions where possible. So like for New Year's, I'm not going to sweep the house the day of to get the bad luck, <laughs> to sweep away the good luck. Um, uh, and like, oh, for the shrines, you have to get like specific fruits that like, because if you say it, it sounds like you're you're like wishing for like um, enough to spend. <laughs> it's, yeah, those you know, you know. Um, the moon fest or like the first birthday of my child, like putting out little toys and stuff like books, like a comb, um, seeing what they grab. And I know kids, they just grab what looks interesting, but still like it's meant to show like what kind of direction they'll take in life one day. And for weddings, I want that Viet wedding too. I want that Viet ceremony. I want to wear an yai. I want to look all pretty. Um, do the tea ceremony and have like both sides of the fam. Yes. Uh, and like, <laughs> I've always like told my co- colleagues this, but I'm just going to speak beat to my kid at home. They're not going to know that I can speak English until it's like parents heat shot into the evening. And then they're like, wait, mom speaks English. Like, yeah, that that's the aim. That's the goal. I'm just going to strictly speak beat because I grew up like that. I'm fine now. And it gives them the chance to be fluent in both languages, which would be amazing. Um, I'm going to wear my Aoyai with pride. I'm going to embrace my long black hair with tan skin. Like, ah, just there's so much to be proud of. Um, and it goes for every single culture. Once you just embrace your background your ethnicity like it's just life-changing but yeah I hope that if you do relate to this or if any of these stories resonate with you or if you're still ashamed of your heritage like that's okay it comes with being an Asian living in a western country but the culture that you have is so precious and beautiful and by honoring it you are also ultimately honoring yourself So, you know, go out there, listen to some songs in your language, be aggressively Vietnamese, for example. Um, Just own up to it and embrace it fully because it's the best way to honour those who have had to leave their homes in order to start new lives, your parents. So, yeah, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for sticking around. I know it's been ages and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I just said that, but still, like, thank you. Seriously, I'm so sorry for being gone for so long and I hope that I can update you guys more regularly because it's fun just to sit down and talk. But yeah, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Just take some deep belly breaths, go touch some grass, hug a tree. And yeah, I'll see you guys in the next episode, okay? Bye!